Section 117 of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter 148. Greenwich, June 20th, Old Style, 1751. My dear friend, So very few people, especially young travellers, see what they see, or hear what they hear, that though I really believe it may be unnecessary with you, yet there can be no harm in reminding you, from time to time, to see what you see, and to hear what you hear. That is, to see and hear as you should do. Frivolous, futile people, who make at least three parts in four of mankind, only desire to see and hear what their frivolous and futile precursors have seen and heard, as St. Peter's, the Pope, and High Mass, at Rome, Notre-Dame, Versailles, the French King, and the French Comedy in France. A man of parts sees and hears very differently from these gentlemen, and a great deal more. He examines and informs himself thoroughly of everything he sees or hears, and more particularly, as it is relative to his own profession or destination. Your destination is political. The object, therefore, of your inquiries and observations should be the political interior of things, the forms of government, laws, regulations, customs, trade, manufactures, etc., of the several nations of Europe. This knowledge is much better acquired by conversation with sensible and well-informed people than by books, the best of which upon these subjects are always imperfect. For example, there are present states of France as there are of England, but they are always defective, being published by people uninformed, who only copy one another. They are, however, worth looking into because they point out objects for inquiry, which otherwise might possibly never have occurred to one's mind, but an hour's conversation with a sensible president or consuleur will let you more into the true state of the Parliament of Paris than all the books in France. In the same manner, the almanac militaire is worth your having, but two or three conversations with officers will inform you much better of their military regulations. People have, commonly, a partiality for their own professions, love to talk of them, and are even flattered by being consulted upon the subject. When, therefore, you are with any of those military gentlemen, and you can hardly be in any company without some, ask them military questions, inquire into their methods of discipline, quartering, and clothing their men, inform yourself of their pay, their perquisites, leur montre, leur étape, etc. Do the same as to the marine, and make yourself particularly master of that detail, which has, and always will have, a great relation to the affairs of England, and in proportion as you get good informations, take minutes of them in writing." The regulations of trade and commerce in France are excellent, as appears but too plainly for us, by the great increase of both, within these thirty years. For not to mention their extensive commerce in both the East and West Indies, they have got the whole trade of the Levant from us, and now supply all the foreign markets with their sugars, to the ruin of almost all of our sugar colonies, as Jamaica, Barbados, and the Leeward Islands. Get, therefore, what informations you can of those matters also." Inquire, too, into their church matters, for which the present disputes between the court and the clergy give you fair and frequent opportunities. Know the particular rights of the Gallican Church, in opposition to the pretensions of the See of Rome. I do not recommend ecclesiastical history to you, since I hear that you study Dupin very assiduously. You cannot imagine how much this solid and useful knowledge of other countries will distinguish you in your own, where, to say the truth, it is very little known or cultivated besides the great use it is of in all foreign negotiations, not to mention that it enables a man to shine in all companies. 
When kings and princes have any knowledge, it is of this sort, and more particularly, and therefore it is the usual topic of their levy conversations, in which it will qualify you to bear a considerable part. It brings you more acquainted with them, and they are pleased to have people talk to them on a subject in which they think to shine. There is a sort of chit-chat, or small talk, which is the general run of conversation at courts, and in most mixed companies. It is a sort of middling conversation, neither silly nor edifying, but, however, very necessary for you to become master of. It turns upon the public events of Europe, and then it is at its best, very often upon the number, the goodness or badness, the discipline or the clothing of the troops of different princes, sometimes upon the families, the marriages, the relations of princes, and considerable people, and sometimes sur le bon cher, the magnificence of public entertainments, balls, masquerades, etc. I would wish you to be able to talk upon all these things better, and with more knowledge than other people, insomuch that upon those occasions you should be applied to, and that people should say, I dare say Mr. Stanhope can tell us. Second-rate knowledge and middling talents carry a man further at courts, and in the busy part of the world, than superior knowledge and shining parts. Tacitus very justly accounts for a man's having always kept in favor and enjoyed the best employments under the tyrannical reigns of three or four of the very worst emperors, by saying that it was not propter aliquam eximium artem, sed quia par negotius neca supereret. Discretion is the great article, and all these things are to be learned, and only learned by keeping a great deal of the best company. Frequent those good houses where you have already a footing, and wiggle yourself somehow or other into every other. Haunt the courts particularly in order to get that routine. This moment I received yours of the eighteenth new style. You will have had some time ago my final answers concerning the pictures, and by my last an account that the mohairs were gone to Madame Morel at Calais, with the proper directions. I am very sorry that your two sons-in-law, the Princes B., are such boobies, However, as they have the honor of being so nearly related to you, I will show them what civilities I can. I confess that you have not time for long absences from Paris, at present, because of your various masters, all of which I would have you apply to closely while you are now in that capital. But when you return thither, after the visit you intend me the honor of, I do not propose your having any master at all, except Marcel, once or twice a week." and then the courts will, I hope, be no longer strange countries to you, for I would have you run down frequently to Versailles and St. Cloud, for three or four days at a time. You know the Abbé de la Ville, who will present you to others, so that you will soon be fafile with the rest of the court. Court is the soil in which you are to grow and flourish. You ought to be well acquainted with the nature of it. Like all other soil, it is in some places deeper, in others lighter, but always capable of great improvement by cultivation and experience. You say that you want some hints for a letter to Lady Chesterfield. More use and knowledge of the world will teach you occasionally to write and talk genteely, sauf de rien, which I can tell you is a very useful part upon worldly knowledge, for in some companies it would be imprudent to talk of anything else, and with very many people it is impossible to talk of anything else. They would not understand you. Adieu. End of section 117. Read by Professor Heather and By. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.